0: Well-established institutions don't appreciate new challenges to their standing, especially considering they prefer competitive over cooperative business models. When these institutions are comfortable, they would ignore or pompously despise the lightweights. When a contender works their way up the ranks, one that they earlier had dismissed, now they would be very observant to. As various governments around the world watched Ottawa, We, the people, would watch how the various governments reacted to the quiet, peaceful, freedom, Trucker convoy protests that took place at Canada, or the events that are taking place regarding sanctions and seizing foreign reserves on the international stage. Today, there are two front stage challengers to the legacy financial institutions. First being cryptocurrency, and then the second is the nation of El Salvador. If you completely missed the international headlines that El Salvador made in 2021, they legally passed legislative bills to have the holy son of all of crypto, Bitcoin, to be adopted as legal tender alongside USD. This shockwave was heard all the way across the world, even in the depths of the Vatican Volts. This international chess move had the International Monetary Fund, IMF, urging El Salvador to reconsider their legal tender. Even Snowden, from the other corner of the earth, said he sensed entrenched powers sounding nervous. Was this another signal that we are still in the early adopter stage? First, it was cypherpunks and artistic engineers. Then it was we, the people, hearing about it and by 2017, it was a household name. Later, it jumped to small businesses and above, adopting Bitcoin in the second decade of the 21st century. And now, the first country to wake up from this credit spiral the planet is in had reached for credit default insurance, aka Bitcoin. Early adopting countries could become influential in modeling the new revolution in financial networks. Bitcoin keeps leveling up, and latecomers may regret hesitating. Why is the IMF resistant to a sovereign nation's decision? Bitcoin flips the IMF system. IMF is a top-down, centralized fiat monetary system. Bitcoin is a bottom-up, voluntary, decentralized monetary adoption network. In other words, people with fiat power don't like it because Bitcoin threatens those close to the fiat printing machine. Are you ready to know what you don't know about money? Then you're in the right place. This is Savvy Insights, a podcast on exploring prosperity, seizing opportunities, and preserving freedom. Bringing you tips, tricks, tools, and extreme value. Broadcasting from our studio in Toronto, I'm your host, Baz. I want to personally welcome and thank you for joining us today. I'm really glad you're here because this podcast is designed for you. Before we dive in, remember you can reach me on Twitter at Insights underscore Savvy to discuss further about today's insights. Now let's begin. Today's insight is about El Salvador's money being Bitcoin. Since it's the first nation batting up at the plate, there will be new things to discover and overcome in this new global consciousness. So what does this mean for you? Whether you're early or still can't decide, here's the big picture. What's El Salvador's strategy and why have they considered Bitcoin as money and not any other crypto or some BSCBDC? CBDC? This is how you may consider seizing the moment. Do you like the idea of 0% payroll tax, 0% property tax, 0% capital gains tax, and 0% income tax? If that's not enough, how about diversifying your portfolio and investing in Bitcoin bonds issued by a sovereign nation? What does the big picture look like? I'm going to assume the worst and say you're new to Bitcoin and you have no interest in El Salvador. This is what's seen. This is the first major escape hatch against a broken financial system. If other countries like seeing how things are turning out for El Salvador, then others may follow suit. The introduction of bitcoin at the government level could indeed disrupt the way you and your money relate to the entire planet bitcoin is a breath of fresh air from legacy fiat systems since btc is on a decentralized distributed ledger no central entity manipulates bitcoin's supply and everyone and anyone can audit bitcoin in fact bitcoin audits itself at around every 10 minutes when a new block is added to the chain that legacy fiat system on the other hand The central banks can conjure up more at a whim, with a few strokes on a keyboard, thus debasing and diluting the currency. And the crazy thing is, central banks have never been audited since they were created. Meanwhile, Bitcoin has others and it audits itself every 10 minutes. Some say there's more integrity, honor, and order in Bitcoin over all other currencies. Bitcoin's past has been in the humble fringes of the investment sector, with universal adoption slowly gathering speed. Then El Salvador slides in and embraced Bitcoin at the national institutional level. Even though El Salvador isn't a nuclear powerhouse, here is a country that got their attention. This was a signal that adoption of Bitcoin is legitimate on the international stage. Makes sense that El Salvador would be the first to embrace Bitcoin, compared to bigger countries. Big institutions usually make the rules and small guys have to follow or be stepped on. Why would a big country adopt Bitcoin first? There's no incentive to changing the rules. But on the other hand, El Salvador does. El Salvador is coming out of a painful and bloody history. The tide changed when El Salvador elected Nayib Bukele. Bukele is young, energetic, and as one news agency, I quote, It would not be an exaggeration to say that El Salvador's new president, Nayib Bukele, a millennial Palestinian immigrant businessman, has become the hope of Central America, end of quote. That's powerful. Bukele's foresight said Bitcoin was to simply transact and cut all these middlemen out. This hopeful financial technology can be very industrious to the country where institutions are inefficient, untrustworthy, and quite frankly, broken. Many countries have broken institutions and all their eyes are on El Salvador. Ironically, it still is a national government that is adopting a decentralized distributed ledger technology, DLT. There will be obstacles Bukele will definitely face, but he's not alone. One of these issues may even involve the US dollar. After economic and civil instability in 2001, El Salvador abandoned its local currency, the colon, and adopted USD as its legal tender. The people were optimistic about the country's outlook and relations with the US, assuming it would bring in foreign investors. The adoption of USD was marginally positive. Today, El Salvador will be the first nation in the globe to have a dual monetary system with Bitcoin as legal tender. This translates to no capital gain taxes on Bitcoin's appreciation relative to other currencies. One Bitcoin is just one Bitcoin. A hundred satoshis are just a hundred satoshis. With no capital gains tax declared on the sovereign level, the media and Bitcoin proponents around the world started to think about El Salvador and what it was like to live there. Bukele became the darling of crypto community. His social media was flooded with likes and shares. He was sought after by agencies to be a keynote speaker in many crypto conferences, with audiences cheering every which way about Bitcoin. The enthusiasm is understandable. But let's center our minds and consider the rationale of it all. What inspired Bukele? Michael Saylor, a business intelligence software solutions CEO, aka MicroStrategy, being a financially responsible CEO, Michael Saylor's company had a big surplus of cash reserves. When COVID 19 landed, global government measures were unanimous lockdown in the economy and print currency to finance extensive protective measures. MicroStrategy had $500 million in cash reserves. Saylor shared, and I quote, holding cash reserves is like holding a melting ice cube. It's not a good idea for the long term, end of quote. With currency printing not going out of style anytime soon, it was just a matter of time when inflation oozes into the system. In August 2020, MicroStrategy converted $250 million of its cash reserves to more than 21,000 BTC. With bitcoins on their balance sheet, Saylor also volunteered that he's not selling for the next 100 years. Not only were they not selling their bitcoin that they had just acquired, they were the first publicly traded company. This means listed on the public stock exchange to own Bitcoin. MicroStrategy's stock price went to the moon from $123 to $1,034. Adding Bitcoin to a company's balance sheet was an insanely clever move. That's a 795% insanely clever move, said the public market. Institutional investors who did not have the legal structures in place to invest in Bitcoin could now indirectly be exposed to Bitcoin by owning MSTR shares. This slammed open the doors to a massive amount of capital just waiting in the sidelines, eagerly awaiting to own Bitcoin. But that's not the only thing that inspired the El Salvadorian president. After the purchase, MicroStrategy began issuing corporate bonds with the goal of buying more Bitcoins with the new money. This was the first bond in the public world to be directly linked to the purchase of Bitcoin. The initial offering was $400 million, with the annual interest rate of 6.125, due in 2028. MicroStrategy raised $1.6 billion in the order book. Yes, you heard that correctly. A corporate bond created for the sole purpose of just buying Bitcoin, was so oversubscribed, it raised four times what MicroStrategy had asked for. Imagine asking for $400 and you get $1,600. That's what just happened on the million dollar level. That is what inspired Naeep Bukele to reconsider the ingeniously engineered Bitcoin. By adopting Sailor strategy, President Bukele, through El Salvador, could acquire and hold Bitcoin as a permanent debt financing, aka credit insurance where you buy hard money like Bitcoin with cheap, easy money like U.S. dollar or fiat. Since Bukele's announcement at the Bitcoin conference, many people became interested in El Salvador's residency programs. And I'd like to share some benefits and risks the country holds. I'll start with the residency by investment program that is offered. Bukele hopes to bring in foreign investors that are interested in an additional residency. Again, that has no capital gains tax in exchange for investing in the country. In the beginning of this proposal, the investment requested was to be 3Bitcoin. Later on, the president copy-added that it might also be thought of as $100,000, which is more affordable than 3Bitcoin. The program is still being developed, so the details haven't been finalized. Could there be some combination thereof? What am I investing in? Or is it just a donation? Is the residency status temporary or permanent? If it's temporary, how long is it for? Can it be renewed? Etc. All the structure and details haven't been ironed out yet, but the people working alongside Bukele are expected to bring some clarity at the Bitcoin 2022 conference. As of writing this podcast, it's two weeks away. As of this podcast airing, it would be after the conference. So be sure to stay tuned because I'll be following up on any official developments. I will and have attended the Bitcoin conference 2022. If an El Salvadorian residency can lead to citizenship, then that would be a decent second passport to hold for many. It would have a visa-free access to 116 countries, such as the Shenzhen area, UK, Japan, and Turkey. It would require a visa to enter US, Canada, China, and Mexico though. The reason I'm hopeful about this program is because the president is calling the program citizenship by investment, and not a residency by investment. If it's more of a residency by investment, then that may lead to naturalization citizenship once 5 years have passed. During this unprecedented time, if El Salvador finds its sea legs, this would be a very tax efficient place to come home to. Having said that, let's take a look at income tax. You can benefit from the nation's territorial tax system that can reach 30% for many. Your Salvadorian income is taxed by local authorities like local employers and business endeavors. Any income you receive from foreign investments, El Salvador generally would consider that a tax-free event. As I shared earlier, you may buy and sell Bitcoin as many times as you like, but when it comes to other cryptocurrencies, a 10% capital gains tax may apply. That's not all. El Salvador's territorial tax system again comes to the rescue. If both a buyer and seller are in El Salvador, their participant's transaction happens in the blockchain, which has no jurisdiction. Therefore, taxation on the aforementioned transaction should not apply. If El Salvador interests you, send an email or a letter to the Ministry of Finance requesting additional details regarding your individual circumstance. Please confirm with your tax advisor as well. One drawback that may apply to many of my listeners is that US taxpayers don't fully benefit from El Salvador's taxation. As amazing as it would be to have zero capital gains on Bitcoin profits, this benefit does not apply to US taxpayers. Since US taxes its taxpayers no matter where they live on the planet, and meanwhile, U.S. taxpayers don't have to pay federal income taxes on the initial 112,000 taxpayers earned in 2022. Under the federal earned income exclusion, this exclusion does not apply to investment income. Puerto Rico, the U.S. territory, still remains to be the best options for U.S. citizens when it comes to minimizing capital gains taxes. By using Act 60, formerly known as Act 22, bona fide residents of Puerto Rico may pay 0% on their capital gains that has been accrued since moving to the island. Some other costs include a mandatory $10,000 per year donation to a legally recognized Puerto Rican charity and a $5,000 annual renewal fee. Another strategy some U.S. citizens may consider if they want to take full advantage of low and no tax jurisdiction is to completely renounce their citizenship. But make sure you check your costs with your CPA since this could trigger a high one-time exit tax bill. If you have a net worth of $2 million or more, the U.S. federal government will recognize you as if you've sold everything the moment you renounce. And in 2022, any and all capital gains over $767,000 will be taxed. If you're interested in me doing a podcast insight on renouncing U.S. citizenships, let me know by leaving a comment or message me. For those of you who do take the plunge into El Salvador, their upcoming Bitcoin volcano bond issuance will be tokenized on the Bitcoin blockchain. Whether you're a big enthusiast or a crypto entrepreneur, the big benefit might be the sole fact that El Salvador is the first nation on the planet that made Bitcoin legal tender and is regularly buying Bitcoin for its treasuries during Bitcoin's price tips. Picture living amongst Bitcoiners, working on projects to improve Bitcoin's adoption and having the backing of the government. If any of this sounds like a promising future, then listen to this. El Salvador's president is doing these three things with Bitcoin. 1. Remittances are being restructured away from predatory organizations. 2. Loans are no longer coming from draconian financial institutions. 3. Bitcoin bonds are heavily attracting foreign investors and Bukele is putting skin in the game that this will excite entrepreneurs and institutional investors. Let's start with number 1. Remittances and legal tender. Other than foreign investments, Bitcoin's introduction as legal tender for El Salvador is the country's dependence on cash inflows into the nation from its diaspora abroad. Remittances are relied heavily by El Salvadorians. Money sent back home from abroad for many El Salvadorians has made up for more than a decade around 24% of the nation's GDP, gross domestic product. There's around 6.5 million residences in El Salvador, but 2-3 to million Salvadorians live outside of the nation. They do keep close ties with their family and friends by sending back around $6 billion as of 2020, as disclosed by the IMF and the World Bank using legacy payment rails. Corporations like Western Union take 6% of transferred USD as a charge for their payment services. This is a substantial chunk of takeaway from El Salvadorians that are sending funds back home that they had to lose. With Bitcoin as legal tender, this gives Salvadorians the opportunity to transfer funds from U.S. into El Salvador without the need for a middleman. A small concern to be cognizant of is to have a good enough mobile phone that supports the blockchain digital wallet. A blockchain wallet is used by people who want to store, trade, and manage their cryptocurrencies. El Salvador has rolled out many Bitcoin ATMs if those that want to receive USD by converting their BTC. The 6% that Western Union charges, if that was a percentage used in the $6 billion of remittances in 2022, that would mean $360 million in fees. Even with a small Bitcoin transaction fee, the savings in using the Bitcoin payment rails would be a meaningful improvement for the El Salvador remittances market. Naibu e. Bukele is not stopping there either. He foresees a Bitcoin city in El Salvador, a community built on a Bitcoin standard from inception. The Bitcoin City initiative will be using Bitcoin from everything. Bitcoin City will have 0% payroll tax, 0% property tax, 0% capital gains tax, and 0% income tax. The only tax that there will be is a value-added tax of 13%, of which half, 6.5%, will be issuing bonds that will finance the civil infrastructure of the Bitcoin City. The city will be built in the Gulf of Funesca, which is around the bottom of the Carnegie Volcano. The city will be powered by the geothermal green energy from the volcano. Bitcoin's mining infrastructure would also be using the geothermal energy from mining as an additional source of an income stream. The city is envisioned to have a town square with the famous Bitcoin B shape in the middle and the border of the city as a shape of a coin. To finance this project, El Salvador has issued a $1 billion bond with tokenization on the Bitcoin blockchain. Investors around the world have shown an increased demand for this idea since El Salvador found a demand requesting up to $1.5 billion. It could take many years to finalize this initiative. Many influential Bitcoin supporters have been rumored to have reserved and bought land where this city will be built. Believe it or not, Bitcoin City isn't the first time El Salvador wooed Bitcoiners. In 2019, El Zante, a humble coastal town, had volunteers starting a Bitcoin ecosystem. Programs to educate citizens about Bitcoin advantages, including how to create a wallet, how to transfer funds, and how to withdraw USD if needed, were being shared and introduced. The town is appropriately called Bitcoin Beach, as many local businesses already adopted and accepted Bitcoin way before the country adopted it as a legal tender. Now let's get into Bukele's second goal. If El Salvador doesn't go to the IMF for loans, then that means they can also inspire other countries to wiggle out of the IMF's sphere of influence. This is likely why the IMF's ire was raised. It has been a challenge to raise funds in El Salvador's history, which is another reason why President Bukele is being creative. El Salvador's debt isn't flattering. It's debt to GDP ratio is hovering around 90%. That means the country spends 90% of what it makes in a year. For context, here are some examples of bigger players on the international stage. The U.S. debt-to-GDP ratio is 95%. Canadian debt-to-GDP ratio is 101%. Germany debt-to-GDP ratio is 136%. UK 284%. Italy 128%. Australia 128%. Belgium 246%. Greece Netherlands, 447%. And the one that's deepest in hell, Ireland, at 598%. If you would like to look at more countries, just visit usdebtclock.org and go through the world debt clocks. Okay, so El Salvador's debt GDP ratio is 90%. Having that high of a ratio of indebtedness makes additional financing more expensive since investors are seeking higher yields. So that leaves either the government lowers its spending or strengthen its GDP. Since we all know how much governments are addicted to money printing and are very unwilling to reduce expenditures, they have one option by the look of things, to increase GDP. El Salvador goes into game theory to increase its GDP. You may have heard for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Okay, so in game theory, one move made by a player in a game will be countered by their opponent's move. Players must action strategic decisions that will ideally determine who wins and who loses the game. Both Edward Snowden and Fidelity Digital Assets, one of the biggest digital asset investment firms, saw El Salvador's acceptance of Bitcoin as a game changer and a good move that follows game theory. El Salvador's move of having Bitcoin legal tender and buying the dips for its national reserves has this nation recognized globally as an early adopter of Bitcoin, the game of accumulation, and if the price of Bitcoin continues to ascend in the long term, then this could give El Salvador a huge advantage when other countries are just joining the race later on. As Bitcoin adoption increases, countries will see that having Bitcoin in their reserves is like having credit insurance for their fiat reserves. If credit and fiat fail, they'll be glad that they bought insurance. Bitcoin is that insurance. This is another head nod to MicroStrategy's playbook. El Salvador wants to be early and attract big pools of searching capital in the sovereign debt market. That's one heck of a gameplay to attract foreign institutional investors to El Salvador who believe in Bitcoin's use and adoption. Bukele has embraced this idea and created Bitcoin bond issuance on a sovereign scale. Michael Saylor's plan, which constitutes buying and holding Bitcoin, that means like never selling, buying with one's own money and with debt financing, that's the plan, and hold it, buy with your own money and with debt instruments. Since a person or institution with a certain amount of their own capital, as time passes, debt financing would prevail, as long as Bitcoin's price rise more than the bonds that bear interest. The contract it should benefit from Bitcoin's gains. Now that's a big if. Just take a look at Bitcoin's price volatility, but the reward ratio more than compensates for this volatility in the long term. But please keep this in mind: as with any investment, speculation exists, and there are always risks involved. Even buying a Bitcoin ETF or a Bitcoin bond, there would be more potential risks compared to buying Bitcoin directly and custodying your Bitcoin yourself. El Salvador is an indebted country in the need of fresh money. This nation is looking for foreign interest in any way they know how. I don't have a crystal ball and have no way of knowing if defaulting on the repayment plan on the bond's maturity date. The same goes for the interest payments in Bitcoin's price drops. Make sure you do your own research when you make any investment and only invest what you're okay to lose if you are just speculating. Bukele's issuance of a $1 billion Bitcoin bond will have half of that invested in financing the construction of Bitcoin City, while the other half to add to the Bitcoin reserves. The equation Issue debt to attract fiat money. Take that soft money and convert it to hard money. Fiat is soft or easy money because there's no max supply. Creating banknotes is just a few keystrokes on a keyboard, and fiat feels more of a carrot on a stick than anything. Bitcoin is hard money for many reasons. One being, it has a max supply of 21 million in the entirety of existence. Derivatives and copies are not hard money. Those are mere shadows that are trying to fool people. Bitcoin bonds may be appropriate for those that don't want to invest directly and would appreciate a way to avoid the wild price fluctuations seen live around the world. This represents most institutional investors. This includes venture capital funds and angel investors. It's not often smaller entities and investors enter the crypto market. It makes news when they do. I remember when the Houston Firefighters Relief and Retirement Fund accounted in October 2021 that they purchased $25 million of Bitcoin. This was the first US public pension fund to buy Bitcoin. Many institutional investors aren't comfortable with the volatility of Bitcoin's price, and others aren't allowed to invest in Bitcoin. El Salvador's Bitcoin bond offers them indirect exposure, which introduces counterparty risk. This bond, which I hinted at, is named Volcano Bond, is the first of a series of bonds. The Volcano Bond has a 10-year issue and a coupon rate of 6.5%, dominated in US dollars, and is completely backed by Bitcoin. What a coupon rate is... It's a fixed return on the bond, meanwhile, an interest rate may vary depending on the bond's price, for example, six and a half percent annual coupon on thousand dollars gives us sixty five dollars per year. But if the bond price increases and goes to one thousand five hundred dollars, then the interest rate falls to four point three percent in order to yield the sixty five dollars that was the initial coupon. There will be a lockup period for five years with the government investments in Bitcoin after which the government will begin to sell some Bitcoin to pay out an added dividend as a bonus incentive to Bitcoin holders. The Bitcoin Volcano Bond will be listed on the Bitfinex Securities Crypto Exchange. Unfortunately for many Ontario and U.S. taxpayers, due to Bitfinex's regulatory issues at North America, the exchange doesn't offer services to U.S. and Ontario entities. So if you identify as either, you won't be able to directly invest in El Salvador's Volcano Bond. Another great reason to have multiple citizenships or residencies. More options gives you more flexibility in your choices. Trying to circumvent this limitation by implementing a non-U.S. corporation will also be challenging. Bitfinex won't serve a foreign corporation if U.S. taxpayers have the following relationships. 1. Own 25% or greater of the corporation by value or votes; Or 2. The board of directors hold the majority of seats. Or 3 can direct policies, control, establish, or authorize actions of the corporations. Essentially, you will have to be creative and find alternative ways if you want to gain exposure to El Salvador's Bitcoin Volcano Bond. Talk to your tax advisor to be sure not to break any regulations when it comes to tax reporting. You can consider investing through a foreign investment fund that isn't controlled by and does not have many US investors, that is. Considering most investment capital is in the US, from a business sense it wouldn't make much sense for El Salvador to exclude US interest from this deal, especially since Bitcoin bond was oversubscribed initially with $2.4 billion offering during the bond testing phase, taking things to a whole new level. The bond will be issued on the Liquid Network, which is a second layer sidechain of Bitcoin. With Bitcoin, it's tricky to create smart contracts. So sidechains are created to complement the main Bitcoin blockchain. The point of a sidechain is to add certain characteristics to the main without modifying it. El Salvador having the Bitcoin bond on the liquid network allows a tokenizing smart contract to set a minimum subscription for interested investors as low as $100. This drastically lowers El Salvador's dependence on the IMF by allowing millions of people from around the world to invest even a small modest amount. One more thing to consider if you're investing in the bond rather than directly owning Bitcoin is the influence it will have on your long-term gains. Investing in Bitcoin directly may yield you more than 6.5% offering, but purchasing the bond could have a profound impact as well. If the offering goes well and without a hitch, it would encourage sovereign nations around the world to issue their own Bitcoin-backed bonds. This would dramatically increase Bitcoin's demand and pricing would skyrocket. Thus, your portfolio would still be quite profitable. Essentially, your short term sacrifice in yield by having the Bitcoin bond rather than directly owning Bitcoin could cascade into a much greater gain for your overall Bitcoin portfolio in the long term. Remember, there are always risks in debt obligations being defaulted on. Again, the debt to GDP ratio of El Salvador is around 90%, which is quite high for a developing nation. The market has seen countries with lower debt levels actually default on their obligations. Given that the bond is backed by Bitcoin is an assurance most obligations never had as support. Even if things go south, investors would have partial principal returned in this black swan event. Alright, so having said that, what are some other pros and cons of living in El Salvador and how much do you know about this nation? Maybe you're very pro-Bitcoin and are quite excited about what you've heard so far in this week's Insight. Before you ditch everything in your country and bullet to El Salvador to begin your new Bitcoin-friendly Feng Shui lifestyle, there are things you should know before heading there. Let's begin with the pros. El Salvador is undoubtedly a beautiful tropical nation in Central America with a cozy climate. It's known for its volcanoes, surfing scenes, and coffee. It's the most densely and smallest populated nation in Central America. Most of its 6.5 million residences are a mixture of indigenous Moors, aka Moreno and Morena, and Spaniard descent. El Salvador offers a low cost of living as well. A monthly single expense for a comfortable life in San Salvador, the country's capital, is estimated around 1900 USD. You may find a fully furnished one bedroom apartment for about $400. Now the cons. Like many countries in the Americas, El Salvador was a Spaniard colony and became a sovereign nation in the 19th century. During the 20th century, El Salvador endured economic and political instability via revolts, coupes, and a string of authoritarian rulers. The 21st century hasn't been without its issues either. The nation is one of the most disenfranchised in the region and lacks many civil infrastructure and development. And if you're a digital nomad and prefer to have fast internet, keep in mind that the internet speed in El Salvador is considered subpar. The country's roads are paved and are considered pretty good, but rural areas may not be so fortunate. Almost 100% of the populace have access to electricity, but about 50% have internet access. As of 2016 data, there's about one power outage per month. This may affect your online sales if your company operates online. While many people surveyed to find the country very dangerous, according to the World Bank data, El Salvador recorded a murder rate in 2018 at 52 per 100,000 residents. For reference, Mexico was at 29, Puerto Rico at 21, and the US at 5 per 100,000. The nation has major problems with organized crimes and gangs. Competing gang organizations have been allegedly been the country's largest employers. Mara Salvatruca, aka MS 13, is a gang organization that has a stronghold in the nation and its beginnings in Los Angeles with the ideals of protecting Salvadorian immigrants there. El Salvador crime tends to be concentrated in big cities around specific locations. If you stay in a gated and guarded community, you shouldn't have anything to worry about, but keep in mind that safety is a concern overall in the country. Healthcare in the country isn't the greatest either. For many healthcare concerns, you may need to visit a neighboring country for appropriate health concerns. In contrast, Portugal has an up-and-coming crypto community as well, It offers excellent weather to bask in and is as affordable as El Salvador, but it's considered one of the safest places on the planet. People with independent means may find easy residency offers in Portugal. In addition, it doesn't tax capital gains on trades of any cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin. Although Portugal may not have Bitcoin as legal tender, it's widely adopted by its people and local businesses. Portugal remains to be an exciting choice due to its climate, Moorish architecture, safety, position in the EU, and favorable crypto atmosphere. This is why I've spoken more about Portugal than El Salvador lately. El Salvador might be more appealing for the right person. President Bukele is a leader who sees changes for the betterment of the country and is giving innovation a shot. I don't know how this leadership is perceived in the area when it comes to commenting on his adoption of fintech and acceptance of innovation on the government scale but El Salvador and Bukele are worth paying attention to. With some of the pros and cons discussed, and you would like to partake in the Bitcoin revolution there, soon I'll get into more on how you may obtain residency at El Salvador. But before that, let's have a closer look at the rate of adoption of this Bitcoin movement overall. There is a lot of Bitcoin spirit to be found, and would naturally interest many in how much Bitcoin is being utilized on a day-to-day basis rather than just a store of value. If you're a Bitcoin enthusiast, Here's why you'll be glad to know that Bitcoin is being widely adopted. In September of 2021, when El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender, the government backed a Bitcoin wallet called Chivo. To incentivize adoption of the Bitcoin wallet, the government gifted 30 US dollars equivalent of Bitcoin to new customers. Other incentives included that the Chivo users would pay no fees on remittances between the Chivo users on the network, including currency conversions and for withdrawing cash from any of the 1,700 ATMs by Chivo and AlphaPoint found across El Salvador. With compatible ATMs across the United States, this makes remittances from U.S. free of fees. More than 75% of Salvadorians have signed up within a few months of launch. This rate of adoption is profound considering that 70% of Salvadorians were considered unbanked and have been largely neglected by the financial world. With an operating Bitcoin wallet that uses the Lightning Network, they can finally use online financial products and actually participate in e-commerce for the first time for many. This fact alone changed and potentially will lead to massive improvements for similar people across nations around the world. One month after Chivo's launch, as of October 2021, the wallet was settling $2 million in remittances daily. This accounted for 12% of the nation's $6 billion in annual remittances, and more than 2% of its GDP. Every day, including today, the number keeps getting more impressive. We are seeing Bitcoin adoption also happening in the corporate world in El Salvador. Local attorneys are being flooded with requests for advisement on adopting Bitcoin in their corporate infrastructures. These are foreign and local Salvadorian corporations. It's clear to see that entrepreneurs want to put in place businesses in areas that generally welcome them and treat them well. When a country legalizes Bitcoin as money, they just don't view it as some speculative investment. Minds of many begin to naturally become attracted in voting with their feet to a future that can stand side by side with them. If this country's policies and politics align with your own, maybe it's worth considering a Salvadorian residency. Just a reminder, I and many others are awaiting clear instructions on whether the official residency will be for 3Bitcoin or 100,000 US. But in the meantime, here are some of the ways already in place today. As with many countries, there are several types of residencies available at El Salvador. I'll focus on the type that apply to people with independent means of making a living. What I'll be discussing should remain available even after the citizenship by investment requirement are announced later this year. For a temporary residency, in its current form, it is ridiculously expensive equating to around $1.5 million in the El Salvadorian economy. Essentially, it's a non-starter, so I won't go into it. For far less invested, you may start a business in El Salvador and register for a temporary residency for entrepreneurs. To qualify, you would invest $10,000 in a Salvadorian company or become a director in the company or a sole administrator. Here are some options for rentier or pensioners for temporary residency. Regarding rentier residency, you would have to provide that you can sustain a monthly fixed income equal to 4 times the local minimum wage, which is around $1,500 for what they're asking. You would also need to open a bank account locally and the bank will issue a letter saying that you have the required stable income. Bank statements stated for a few months coming from your original bank account from your country should also be prepared. As long as the income is coming from outside of El Salvador, all types of income qualify. To qualify for a pensioner's residency, you would show that your monthly fixed income can exceed three times the local minimum wage, which would be around $1,100 for what they're asking. There is no minimum to be considered retired as well. You would just provide a sworn affidavit with the amount of funds you'll be receiving and the institution from which the funds are coming from. Along with that, you would present a written record granted by the institution that is in charge of granting the retiring funds. With these types of temporary residencies, pensioners and rentiers, you will not be permitted to perform any paid work in El Salvador. To keep the residency active, you can't leave the country for more than six months. That's cumulatively speaking per year. To apply for a permanent residency, PR, after three years of consecutive temporary residency, meaning you renewed twice, the advantage of having a permanent residency status is you may leave the country of El Salvador for up to two years without losing your status. In addition, you only need to renew it once every four years. Once you have your PR for two additional years, you may apply for a citizenship via naturalization. With three years consecutively renewing in temporary residency, then adding additional two years with PR totaling to five years until you're a naturalized citizen to vote in elections and have a passport, the time required may also be compressed significantly in some cases. If you're a Spanish citizen or some other Latin American country, then you may naturalize after residing in El Salvador for just one year. On a side note, Spain has a program that if you come from Latin America, you may get citizenship in two years instead of otherwise 10 years spent in Spain. If you were to fall in love and marry a Salvadorian, then you would be eligible for naturalization after two years of residency. The country also recognizes dual citizenship, so you wouldn't need to renounce your country. Here's also what can go wrong with El Salvador's plan. A lot, in fact. The ruling parties didn't just go without making problems for the introduction of a new monetary system. A part of the public and political opposition protested the legislation for Bitcoin as legal tender. Protesters hit the streets, but they didn't last long. But their plea was heard for a couple of reasons. To start, most of the population didn't look into Bitcoin before they announced that the whole country would adopt Bitcoin as an official currency. If any country had pushed something that majority of the populace wasn’t familiar with, it’s understandable that the populace would question the decision and perhaps even begin protesting. Bitcoin adoption among Salvadorians was minimal before the government announcement. It would have been more organic if there was a natural growth and accepted use by the populace, like what happened at Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador, but more spread out throughout the country. Secondly, being the first on the scene generally attracts mockery and skepticism. Bukele was brave enough to accept Bitcoin. But will Salvadorians feel the same way? Bukele made public when El Salvador's treasury was buying the dip, when Bitcoin was consolidating. The financial media, the political opposition, and the international financial institutions have been publicly against Bitcoin. There was and some remain strongly opposed against the president's plan since its success would present an alternative framework to the status quo. President Bukele's investment in Bitcoin is considered fairly early. The investment remains a profitable one, so his maneuvering in the political arena is wide. After the recent correction to 30,000, many Salvadorians were sharing on social media that they are dollar-cost averaging Bitcoin as their savings account. Do Salvadorians care about the long-term strategy and the financial revolution, or is it more like they just want to work and provide for their families with the devil they know rather than the devil they don't know? Those whom are highly knowledgeable and passionate about Bitcoin, or any subject matter really, may need gentle reminders that others don't always share their expertise or enthusiasm. Bitcoiners can hodl, hodl means holding on for dear life, aka a term for holding Bitcoin without concerns for its fiat price volatility, when the price drops by 30, 40, or 50%. Bitcoiners have the knowledge and the conviction that Bitcoin without a doubt will succeed the rest of the people will feel uncomfortable seeing their funds lose that much during the market correction. Bukele's popularity in El Salvador is quite visible. If Bitcoin price keeps recording higher lows and higher highs as time progresses, then he may be confident in winning the next election. If he loses, many would wonder what will happen to Bitcoin as legal tender, the Bitcoin bonds, and the vision of a Bitcoin city. In theory, If Bitcoin City is to be financed by using the Bitcoin mining program and by value added tax, VAT, but if mining doesn't remain profitable, then the sustainability of the Bitcoin City may be in danger. These are a few risks that should be considered before investing in Bitcoin bonds or moving to El Salvador. Getting a new citizenship or residency is a huge decision and requires not just time but also money. You must weigh these risks no matter what your beliefs are in the Bitcoin's ultimate success. There are open-ended questions that remain about El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin that any one of us may think of. Naib e. Bukele's introduction of the citizenship by investment program via Bitcoin remains to be worked out and the government continues to develop the official details without any deadlines set. Restructuring the monetary system has got the investment world's attention. This is a huge golden opportunity for El Salvador to seize and boost its development. The ministers and the presidents are working day in and day out in packaging El Salvador to be the Singapore of Latin America. And Bitcoin proponents like Max Kaiser are spreading the word. The hype is real with Bitcoiners. The force is strong with these ones. One thing that remains true about Bukele is, he's still a politician. And both Bitcoin City and the Bitcoin bond are centrally planned political actions. Since I can assume that most of my listeners are like myself, like to be erudites and students of history, what most certainly happens to centrally planned political actions is central planning. Whether it's funded by US dollars or paid in Bitcoin, why shouldn't this El Salvadorian experiment end up any different than any other centralized bureaucratic train wreck? I'm not smearing his administration or Bukele's plan. I'm positive they're working hard on improving the status of the country and are leading the pact in innovation. A healthy dose of skepticism is all I'm bringing as the devil's advocate. I'm a huge proponent of self-custodying your Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Just remember, the power corrupts and the market is always smarter than the politicians. The Volcano Bond is absolutely an interesting investment in the course of Bitcoin's path crossing with the risks of potential sovereign default. The promise of a Bitcoin city is worth keeping track of and seeing how this project progresses. The Bitcoin revolution is strong in El Salvador, so if you like how that sounds, you would find it inspiring and motivating to take a short vacation there to see what Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador is like. Caution is advised, since a lot of things may happen that are out of your control. As always, I'll continue to monitor the latest developments and will update you guys when I learn more about the Citizenship by Investment program. If you've enjoyed this week's insight, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new insight is shared. If you have any questions, feel free to reach me in Twitter at insights underscore savvy. And if you haven't yet, I would immensely appreciate it if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast with a five-star review and share it with your friends if you so feel inclined, that is. Thank you so much for listening once again, and I hope you're leaving with some great insights that can help you in building yourself up to even greater heights. Until next time, carpe diem, seize the moment. Let's get savvier. Bye-bye. Neither this podcast nor any content presented by Savvy Insights are intended to provide personal tax or financial advice. This information is intended to be used and must be used for information purposes only. Savvy Insights are not your investment nor tax advisors, and this should not be considered tax advice. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment or employing any tax strategy. You should consider your circumstances and speak with professional advisors before making any investments. The information contained in this insight is based on savvy insight researchers' opinions as well as representations made by company management. I believe the information presented in this insight to be true and accurate at the time of publication but do not guarantee the accuracy of every statement nor guarantee the information will not change in the future. It is important that you independently research any information that you wish to rely upon, whether to make an investment or tax decision or otherwise. No content at SavvyInsightPodcast.com's website or related sites, nor any content in material marketing, emails, reports, or related content constitutes nor should be understood as constituting a recommendation to enter into any securities transactions or to engage in any of the investment strategies mentioned in this content, nor an offer of securities. Savvy Insight employees, officers, and directors may participate in any investment described in this content when legally permissible, and to do so at the same investment terms as subscribers. Savvy Insight employees, officers, or directors receive no financial compensation from entities who are mentioned in this podcast.